1: Isabelle! Team Field to Mane, 25
0: yards out. Lovely ball
1: for Pella. Onside, 1-0! Blue shot! Oh my word! He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch.
0: And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Marksone. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And it seemed like such a good time for episode 100 to be released, the first game under new manager Ralph uh, against an opponent we thought maybe we should have been beating. And it turns out that although there is a new man in charge, although it is very clear that he has a plan, the results didn't go our way. And it, once again, was a lot of the same things that we've seen throughout the season. Uh, just individual mistakes and things of that nature that led to our undoing, basically our, our inability to be clinical at either end of the pitch, even if we play decent enough in the middle of it. Uh, but I will say that the, the tempo was up uh, maybe the effort was up, but the mistakes we're also up. We gave the ball away too much. And ultimately, Cardiff punished us. And it's one game under a new manager. It definitely isn't. uh That wasn't his team. That wasn't the team that he is going to 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 look to build. And we have to start somewhere. And uh, as you heard in the intro, uh we don't lose games. Either we win or we learn. And if you wanted a guarantee, I guess you should have bought a washing machine. Um, But, you know, episode 100, this is... Uh, if you look on the website, it will say 102 episodes. And just to kind of explain what that means, last year we did two extra episodes where we put out two episodes in one week, but those were not what I would consider to be normal episodes. Those were bonuses. Uh, this is the 100, uh, 100th straight week that we have put out an episode um, on a Tuesday. I want to say except for week three when I actually put it out on Wednesday. Because I'm an idiot, but anyway, we've learned since then. We have grown, and uh, I hope that you have been uh, for however long that you've been listening to the show. I hope that you've been enjoying it. I hope that it's been getting better, both in terms of audio production and in terms of uh, of analysis and 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 uh, organization and things of that nature. So I hope I hope it's been enjoyable. And um, there is uh, this week a, a guest that is is very uh, important to the show, uh, Matt Beeling, who runs the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, Matt, I say his name every week because he does the logo for the show. And he was really one of the first people that ever found out that the show was going to happen when I uh, text him or messaged him on Instagram and uh, tried to see if I could get him to, uh, to do the logo for the show. And he was more than willing and happy. And I thought I would have to wait several days to get it back. And within about uh, 35 minutes, he had one back over to me. And that's the one that uh, stayed for about a year and a half on the show. And then leading into this year, uh, Matt went ahead and did another one. So it seemed uh, like episode 100 was the perfect opportunity to get him back on the show since he had been really one of the first people to find out that I was even looking to do the show, maybe uh, other than some of the other people who had done podcasts in the past uh, that I reached out to just to make sure they weren't going to be doing one again. Um, Because the whole kind of reason that uh, looking back that, that I started this is I am a big podcast listener. I really enjoy uh, the idea of listening to a podcast about the team that I like. And when one wasn't there uh, for about six months, it, I had some of the equipment. I had the interest. I had read books about podcasting. I had done stuff with the with the school where I work. And uh, it just seemed like maybe this was uh, something I could try and I would give it a go. And I, I set out to do Initially, just, just the second half of, of Claude Puel's season, it was going well. We continued, to, decided to continue to do it through the summer, and through the next season, and through the next summer, and halfway through this season, and here we are. So uh, 100 episodes later, I am both proud of myself, uh, I am uh, really just floored um, by the support that I've, I've had throughout the entire time, whether it's it's been from people uh, like my wife and my, my kids who have been understanding and encouraging uh, as I sit here now. And they kind of look at me like I'm a weirdo because I'm essentially talking to myself in a room. Um, and and people from all over the world who have listened and messaged and um, just reached out, to all the people that I've interviewed and, and talked to and speak, spoken with and um, met when I was in London and, and in Southampton, like all of that really is is the best thing about this. But uh, anyway, uh, one big announcement before we get to my conversation with Matt, who also has a big announcement, but I'll let him um, give that to you uh, in the interview because it's, uh, it's some really exciting news for him. Um, but enough people have have kind of asked how they can support the show, and I've always just said, you know, just leave a rating in a review on iTunes. Uh, that will help spread the show uh, to more people. When more people come on the show the, you know, uh, more listens, uh, generates uh, the possibility for advertising and things like this. And, and the goal is never really to make money. It's, it's more to maybe pay for the cost of the hosting, um, you know, pay to have backup mic cables and, you know, mics that I can travel with and, and things like that. So that's all great. But really, um, if you, if you break it down and you look at some of the advertising opportunities that are out there, uh, I am not willing to put those on the show. They don't fit with the style of show that I that I want to do or that I enjoy doing. Uh, they're not things that I, or products that I necessarily uh, want to stand behind or or have on my show. And so I, at this point, there will be no advertisers on the show. People, once again, have asked how they can support, how they can help. And so With that in mind, uh, I figured episode 100 after 100 straight weeks was if there was a good time or a a perfect time or whatever, uh, this is it to to launch the Patreon site. So uh, the Southampton Delivery Podcast, I'm proud to say, is now officially on Patreon. Uh, There are two different tiers that you can join at if you are interested. And just let me be clear that this show that you're listening to now, the Tuesday show, is not going to change. It is going to be here. It is going to be free. Always. That is, I do this because I enjoy it. If nobody supports the Patreon page, it will be totally fine. I will not be upset. This is, I, this is what I set out to do, is to talk to people about the team that I love, uh, to meet more people, to learn more things. That is, what, uh, that is why I am doing this. Um, but the Patreon page, there are two levels if you choose to support. Uh, at the $2 level, it's $2 a month. Uh, that's U.S. dollars. You can uh, basically you get access to a private chat that just has me and other Patreon members in it. Uh, You get priority to have your questions answered on the show, so we will uh, give those priority when we come time to answer questions if we're under a time crunch or something like that. Um, And you know, I'll I'll give you a shout out on here Uh, if you choose the five dollar a month uh, Patreon level. uh, You will get all of those things plus a bonus podcast each month, so you will get one extra episode, uh, that will only be for Patreon members. Um, and, and when I have the chance to give other things in there, uh, I will, whether it's something I write, whether it's something I, an image I come up with, whether it's uh, a short interview that I have or a video or something, um, I will put things in there from time to time, but those kind of four things are the things you can, you can guarantee that are going to be in there, uh, each and every month or all the time, or you have access to me on the chat. Um, I won't say whenever because I'm not going to be um, kind of tied to it, but uh, I will be in that chat and checking it and uh, just, you know, doing stuff like that. So I hope that that is a a fair trade. And I hope that you find some value in what we get in the show. And uh, I'll be honest that I was really nervous about recording this segment. And I kind of promised myself that when I started recording it, that I would just go with it. And so that's what we have. And I hope It all works out. So um, let's get to episode 100. It's already a little bit lengthy, uh, but this is my chat with Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page. Thank you so much for being here for whether you've been here since episode one or episode 100 is your first. Uh, Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I am truly humbled by the support the show has had to this point. Um, But now let's talk some football and some other life changes with Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page. Uh, Here we go. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton delivery podcast, Matt Beeling, Matt runs the, we are Southampton page on Instagram. He has done the logo for the show. He's been a guest uh, on previous episodes and I felt it was only fitting to have him back for episode 100 because he was the first person to know I was going to do this show other than my wife. Um, and they found out about 10 minutes, uh, after one another, so uh, Matt, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for being here with me on on this episode. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, but just thanks.
1: Yeah, no worries. It's a privilege to be. Yeah, a hundredth show.
0: Unbelievable, crazy. It's it's been a journey. Um, mm-hmm. I wish the results had been improving since we started this thing, but it, <laughs> it hasn't exactly gone that way. Nope. but I, I don't think there. I don't think those two things are related. Um, I just I, <laughs> I just hope not. not. Uh, If it is, I will gladly stop just for the sake of (laughs) the the club being good, but, (laughs) um, but I was just thinking like, I remember now, you know, over two years ago, standing in my in-laws kitchen, like crafting this, this message to you to try to say like, Hey, could you possibly like make some sort of logo for me? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. I was like on Google drawing at that point, trying to figure it Mm -hmm. out. And it was just like, everything I came up with looked like a, a three-year-old kid like was doing it with his, his offhand. It wasn't great. So, um, you know, and you were gracious enough and it was like, yeah, like the next month or so. And it was like 10 minutes later, I was like, here it is. And I was like, Oh my God. So I just, I, I mean, you really like, that was the first kind of real interaction I had with, with somebody who wasn't already, who hadn't done a podcast in the past, like just making sure that they weren't going to come back and do one. Like you were the first person to kind of just do it and, and say, yeah, and here, if you need any other help, here it is. And, like that just kind of set me off as a, like everybody was going to be just treat, treat me well basically and be welcoming and be willing to, to do that. So I, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, no problem. I mean, it was, yeah, the logo, you know, kind of, um, just came around and then, um, yeah, since then, I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been, been great to help you along the way. And, um, yeah, you are now hundred episodes in madness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and your page has been going strong for, for longer than the show. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's um maybe 4 or 5 years old now.
0: And just every week, every every match, every Yeah. And now you got the yeah. Christmas countdown going?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I wasn't quite sure what to do this year because last year I did a like a countdown of goals like videos every day. Um now I've like tried to put out some different content like throwbacks and um yeah, just trying to produce something a bit different to what's been seen before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember last year, all the videos and I remember that must've been just horrendous to, to put together. And
1: it was a lot of preparation and lots of, uh, finding dodgy rips of goals from like <laughs> like 20 years ago. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't that easy.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I, not, I bet not. And then this year, I think there was one person who commented like on one of the posts you made on, on, on Twitter. I was like, this is the dumbest ball ever. And I just wanted to be like, I'm pretty sure it's for a ground down. Like oh, wow. there's no, there's well, no ill will here, but I think so, it was just like, sometimes people just, you know, they just get fed up with stuff and they say stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I saw some comments on those polls and I was like, you just don't understand what I'm trying to achieve here. Yeah. So, so um, I kind of, yeah, got to a bit low key for the second lot. And uh, I think, yeah, hopefully now people understand what I'm trying to do. Yeah,
0: no, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> they should just get over it. Yeah, I thought so, I thought so. But anyway, anyway. Well, I mean, I know right now you are uh, living in London and I know like, when I messaged you to see if you wanted to do this show, um, like I said, like you and, and Jamie from the Southampton page have been like probably the two like single biggest helps along this kind of two year period um and and Jamie will be on a, a show shortly but um I don't know like when when you said yes, I said, Hey, you know and i I have some changes that I like to announce. I announced them in the in the intro um but but you said you know you had some things you wanted to announce too and I'm hoping there's something and and you can actually tell us what what the news is.
1: So yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'd I'd love to, um, I will not make it too anticlimactic, but, um, yeah, so basically a couple of months ago, I had a couple of interviews, um, with Southampton, uh, football club itself, um, regarding a digital designer role. And, um, yeah, three, about three weeks ago, I was, I was told that I was successful and I've now got a job with Southampton, which is just, um, a dream come true for me really it's uh unbelievable and I still haven't really comprehended it, I don't think
0: so you, you have a job at the club yes yeah <laughs> doing graphics stuff
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah so it's, it's basically my dream like I couldn't have asked you know like it's unbelievable for me
0: oh, that's amazing dude yeah so I mean that's I mean, so now, so, so what, like, how did that happen? Like, how did you, did you just apply for it? Or how did it, how did it, how did it work out?
1: Um, so at the time I was, I I was obviously doing my job now. Um, and I hadn't really thought about leaving, so I was quite happy. Um, and then I saw a friend post it to me on Facebook and, um, I was like, oh, should I apply for this job? Because ultimately I don't, I don't know if I can commit to moving and things like this. Um, I had some chats with different people and they were like, if you don't apply for this job, you know, you don't know when it's going to come up again, you know, like, so, um, I did, I filled out the application, had two interviews and yeah, that was, that was it really.
0: That's awesome. I mean, in, in, in-person interviews or just kind of over the phone or how did that, Like, you know? What was uh, yeah, the it was two, like? um,
1: two in-person interviews, one at the stadium and the second one was at the training ground. So
0: yeah. What, I mean, I've been inside the stadium, not obviously all the, all the, all the, the, the boxes and the booths and mm-hmm. all the offices and stuff, but like, you know, what's the training ground like? Um, it's, like, so nice. Like, the complex itself is,
1: like, almost brand new. It's only been there, what like, 10, maybe 15 years. Um, maybe not even that, to be honest. And, um, you know, everything's just immaculate. Like, everything's where it's supposed to be. You know, they got all the the club colors, like, the shirts hanging up. And, um, yeah, it's, like, super nice. You can tell why, you know, the club's been producing so many high-quality players because the facility's just amazing.
0: So, I mean, like, are you going to be working then? Is Is your job going to take place at the stadium or is it going to take place at the training ground or where do you do you have any idea yet
1: uh so i've been told it's like a 60 40 split i think the majority of the time is at the stadium and then every so often i'll be required at the uh, training ground so it's
0: crazy i mean and obviously you'll be part of some sort of team right you're not you won't be the only one hopefully uh no i think they've got a team of three people who work
1: in the media department who are creating graphics at the moment so i think that the role i'm um coming in to do is as a brand new role i think they just they need someone another pair of hands to take on design work basically
0: um well if if you've managed to find the person or talk to the person who runs the twitter account can you just give them my thanks <laughs> for like doing a really good job <laughs> because that is they get a lot of abuse from people who i'm sure they do yeah but but there are there are times when they respond to stuff and it's just like i wish i could say that to people and they manage to do it without like upsetting every, the entire <laughs> world and it's it's fantastic, and we're better than Roma by by a long shot. So, um, just <laughs>
1: if, the bar pretty high, don't they?
0: Yeah. If you if you talk to anybody from like if you get that person, just tell them I said thank you. Like I I appreciate them. I'll pass on my thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So I mean, that's a, I mean that's a huge step, dude. Congratulations. I don't think I said that. Like, thank I'm, you. No, thank you very rude. much. Thank you. Um, I but I mean that means a move for you, and and moving. Mm-hmm. I'm moving this time of year. Like that's got to be brutal. Yeah it's
1: pretty stressful actually we we went down to Southampton on Friday to to look for a flat and um yeah it was just a very stressful day because we're trying to sort it without having to go back to Southampton over and over again to um to see what property so yeah especially near Christmas it's just not ideal but uh I guess it's a sacrifice that, I, that has to be made really so
0: yeah yeah and, and once it's all settled in it'll be mm-hmm. nice oh um, yeah <laughs> I can't wait I've only I mean my 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 walk through Southampton was like from the train station around Ikea to rent a car and then from Ikea like around to the to the stadium Mm -hmm. and then from the stadium like straight down whatever street that is back to the train station like that's all I've seen yeah yeah so I'm sure there's a lot more and I'm sure you're gonna you know find something uh, a place you'll you'll enjoy and then obviously enjoy enjoy the work you do because it seems like that's a, that's a dream right like you said this is the <laughs> job you've always wanted
1: yeah I mean my page really started as a like an obsession like a I, I love Southampton that you know the club and then I was like how else can I like you kind of have done with your podcast you found a way to um express yourself through different media so mine was graphics and it's just taken off really and since then I've never really looked back and it's got me to where I am today so
0: yeah and I think I've asked you this before, but like, was that your degree and stuff that in graphics or was this just something you kind of taught yourself and it's, it's gotten to this point.
1: Yeah. Um, at uni I did web design actually. And, um, I kind of ended up not completing my degree mainly because I found a lot more enjoyment in, in the graphic kind of, uh, that domain instead. So, um, and then, yeah, I pretty much self taught myself. Um, I'd always been okay on Photoshop. So I just thought I would, try out some different things and you know to work on my skills and uh
0: yeah photoshop is a nightmare sometimes like <laughs> i i have gotten to the point where sometimes where i've i've messed stuff up like i've i've clicked some button that i wasn't paying attention to like fallen asleep on my keyboard or whatever and it's like <laughs> i have no idea what i did or how to get it how to make like how to get this like view back because i'm just like so such a newbie <laughs> at it but like um if you ask me to do something on audition like i, I got you so if you yeah, ever need, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be sure to be able to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, but yeah. Um, well dude, that's awesome. Um, that is so much more awesome than a lot of things happening at the, at the
1: team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's taken the edge off the actual football itself at the moment. So, um, yeah, quite grateful for the timing of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, you're, can we, we can still speak freely about the team, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, because the team has gone undergone some changes, you're going to go through a big change. And, uh, I mentioned before the, the Patreon page will be live once people are hearing this. And that's, I think it's a big deal to me. Um, but mostly it's because people have asked for a way to, to, to want to support the show so that they can do that. There's no, there's no pressure there, but like, I mean, obviously the club have gone through a series of changes first getting rid of less Reed, um, and then, and then parting ways with with, uh, Mark Hughes and his kind of management team. And I mean, I I guess the biggest thing I have, this question I have, uh, around bringing in Ralph Haas and Hootel is, is like, what about the timing of it? Like what, like, I don't know, like you think we just had the international break. We just would have had, you know, some time to work with the players. And instead it's now like, how do you feel about, about that aspect of it and and really about the appointment itself? Um,
1: so I guess, the appointment itself, I think everyone's been, everyone's welcomed it. and I think everyone's fully on board with uh, with the managerial managerial change. I think the timing wise, um, people are going to find it strange because Mark Hughes just, you know, we got a good draw against Manchester United, albeit we did throw away another two goal lead. But I think, I think giving, um, yeah, Hassan who took the job now, I think means he will have time to work with the squad. I think that was the initial. Thought behind it, obviously, maybe not for Cardiff or Tottenham, but I think now he's got a week with the squad to, to work his tactics and really drill in his ethos, and I think that's going to be huge going forward into next year and into the games before the new year. So I think timing wise, they obviously had thought it through quite thoroughly because he was appointed very quickly, so I think they, they must have had this in the pipeline maybe like a, like a couple of weeks ago. So I think generally it's, it's been a good decision by the club. Like-
0: the thing that I thought was, yeah, sure. The international break is, is, was there. Sure. But like, Mm -hmm. I felt like they, they had him lined up already. Like they, they've, they got rid of Hughes. Like the decision was probably already made that they were looking elsewhere. And if they could have found a replacement that they were, they were going to bring that replacement in if they got the right guy. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't think the Manchester United result necessarily played a role in that. Like, I think the decision was made before then that, and they didn't want to bring anybody in until they were sure they could get somebody in right away, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I could be wrong. That's just speculation, but it seems to me like th- there's definitely been a shift in, in kind of how the, the club is, is moving and operating since less Reed left. And, and mm-hmm. I was kind of critical of the club and saying like, I didn't think Hughes would go until they, until they got a new kind of director of football or whatever, whatever that role is going to be. I know it might be more than one position uh, to replace Les Reed, but mm-hmm. like I didn't, I didn't really trust Ralph Kruger to 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 you know be able to appoint somebody that was, I don't know, like I I, I just didn't trust his ability to be able to do that. Um, and he's mm-hmm. he's proven me wrong, so I just have had to like say you know well done yeah and and be kind of happy and uh, I think one of the things that I read about the 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 manager as himself was like they several ple- places several people had said you know you won't get him you know he's going mm-hmm. to tell you no and that the mm-hmm. club still managed to do it and that seems to me to be like hey that that's some ambition going after somebody that that probably shouldn't come here um mm-hmm. but we're giving him you know an opportunity and and it seems like a a bit of a win for us i guess
1: yeah definitely i think i think that's how most people are viewing it now and um the, the way it came about as well i think it shows a lot because um there was no talk of passing who to all like in the weeks building up to you know Mark Hughes and all the speculation and his sacking, so I think I think the club keeping it um, under wraps or you know not divulging any information was beneficial because I think now people are way more on board knowing that he wanted and has been you know a fan. He basically has admitted that he's you know a fan of the the ethos that the club has, and I think I think knowing how previous managers have done at Southampton, I think he obviously is going to embrace the challenge and hopefully push himself because obviously he's, he's looking to to boost his own um, reputation in this country. So yeah, good luck to him. I really hope
0: he does it. In his initial um, interview, people have asked him about other jobs in, in the premier league and, mm-hmm. uh, and he said he wasn't actually contacted by Arsenal, even though somebody mentioned his name, uh, you know, might've been associated. And, like I guess, even though he's done the job in Germany, he wasn't getting like the big calls for some of these bigger clubs um, in oh. the Premier League or something like that. So this is his chance to come in and, and do some good work here. And and he's clearly, you know, I mentioned like you, this is a, not a stepping stone, but this is this is a stepping stone essentially. Like he's mm-hmm. going to come here and do a good job. His hope is to get a bigger job elsewhere. And I think that's mm-hmm. like, like, our, at this point, like I'm I'm much happier to to accept that than maybe one of these other. Um, not I don't want to say failed manager, but one of these other managers <laughs> who's who's kind of you know bouncing around from job to job, and mm-hmm. um, you know a guy that we're eventually going to pay you know five or six million pounds to to sack him off half to halfway through next year because exactly uh, he's kept us up this year, and that's it, and that's that's not what I want.
1: No, and I think when people saw these names flying around, you know, like David Moyes, Sam Allardyce, people were obviously kind of you know like hoping for you know just hoping for anyone but those people, and I think the fact that no one had really heard of Hassan Husserl, I think that's kind of been like a breath of fresh air because it's, it's not someone that people would have expected. And it's the Premier League, you know, it's it'd be beneficial for the Premier League to have someone with the charisma that he clearly does have as well. I think he's going to be really entertaining to listen to. And I think his tactics will hopefully change the team's fortunes.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he seems very, very, like, sure of himself, you know? And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I really liked was when he came in and he's just said, like, you know, some of these guys are not going to be able to run how I need them to mm-hmm. run. And they like, everybody's welcome on this, on this journey with us, which yeah. I think is fantastic. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody's welcome to come on this journey, but like, if they can't keep up, then they will fall away quickly. And I'm just like, yeah, like, all right, like let's, let's do it. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, them asking about formations and stuff. He didn't hide anything. He said, I like these, basically mm-hmm. these three formations. Um, this is how it works. And and it's going to require a lot of effort. And if you want guarantees, um, you know, buy a washing machine. And I was just like, this yeah. is this is glorious.
1: Yeah, I love that line. I think that was uh, it. Just said a lot about him and how how he views things. And he's obviously very confident in himself. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I actually threw the washing machine line into the intro. Um, I had to awesome. like, as soon as Hughes was uh, as soon as Hughes was fired, I had to get his voice out of there. Um, mm-hmm. immediately and I put something from Kelvin Davis in last week and that's episode 99 will be the only one that ever has Kelvin Davis in it like that unless he's appointed later on but like yeah um, <laughs> and now from episode 100 it's perfect it, it just works out where it's just going to mm-hmm. be you know here, yeah it's actually a
1: really good time isn't it yeah, yeah. oh
0: it's it's wonderful um, mm. also like super nerve wracking because I'm like if this doesn't work like what <laughs> how screwed are we I know I know
1: I guess I guess the other thing I've like, thought about is if it doesn't work out and say the worst was to happen We've got a manager then who's gonna, who's used to like this promotion system. So mm-hmm. if he does stay around, he's gonna be he's gonna be well, you know, educated into how to get us out of a, a different division. So um, people will will say, you know, relegation's not even on the cards for us now, or it shouldn't be something we should be thinking about. But ultimately, we're quite set. We're set up quite well. Say if that scenario does come around. So
0: yeah, yeah. We we have questions about about January and things like that later. So we'll we'll leave that mm-hmm. uh, behind. But I mean. He, he's only been in charge for, for one match away at Cardiff City. Um, the mm-hmm. rain looked terrible. The weather looked awful. Um, fits, yeah. And I read some stuff about his team selection for that day, uh, which was basically yeah. just that, you know, it was a short week. He didn't pick a lot of the players that played um, uh, midweek because he wanted to be able to work with, with some of the defenders especially. Um, yeah. not on recovery, but on some, you know, some tactical stuff and, and whatever, because he just said we were too easy to score against. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think he's obviously watched enough of our matches and, um, and things like that to understand that. So he, he, he picked kind of the back four he picked, but like, let's, let's let's start with the Tottenham game because he was there. He wasn't in charge. He was watching. Um, and it was better than last boxing day. I remember boxing day last year. was oh, awful. God, Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I was there for that game. That was horrible.
0: Were you? I, that game was like yeah. at 4 a.m. our time, and I went to bed mm-hmm. at three, and I was supposed <laughs> to do a video for um, the Premier League in USA, which is yeah. like. And I remember having to like sit there and go like, I'm supposed to be excited, but I'm just really hungover and tired. And <laughs> and they scored five goals. Like I don't I don't really know what to say to you, man. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> horrible. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's a loss, but I I, I think a lot of us thought it was going to be that way. And I don't know, like when you were there, uh, what, what, what did you see from the team in, in that, in that initial kind of game after, after Hughes was gone?
1: Uh, I guess like the overall performance was, was somewhat what we've seen all season. Cause I mean, ultimately it was Mark Hughes's team. He, you know, Kelvin Davis wouldn't have done too much tactically to differentiate between the two. So I think, um, performance wise, it was fairly standard. I don't think anyone really stood out as it like played oh, like really well. And I think, it was just turning off three times defensively and that, that allowed them to score three times and um like, yeah it's pretty standard for what we've seen all season so it's difficult to praise anyone really but I mean but it was a performance that we were all expecting because Tottenham are you know in form at the moment as well so no surprise
0: well yeah and they were coming off of the the loss to Arsenal which meant they needed to pick up the points against us and mm-hmm. they were always going to be confident that they were going to do so yeah but like we said it was like the said,
1: um, the ease of it I think the ease of how quick, how easily they scored against us! I think the first goal, you know, just just let Harry Kane, you know, stroll into the penalty box and score. So I think it was, yeah, I think they they were obviously pumped up for it. And um, as soon as we went the goal down, there was there was no really recovering
0: from that. So. I don't know. You you look at the team that he picked. Um, he he put Davis back in the starting lineup. Uh, Ward House mm-hmm. got a start. Those are two guys that have kind of been on the on the outs really um, under under Hughes. Yeah, and he did change up the back four, which I thought was good. Obviously, we have injuries, so it was a a, a little bit uh, difficult, you know, uh, along the back four to, to for some of these things. So um, Cedric went back to right back. Target came in. Uh, Yoshida and Stevens, but just nobody really really got it done, you know. Um, no, I- I- defensively anyway. Um, midfield, mm-hmm. Hoiberg ran really hard. Lamina was suspended for the match, so that was yeah. it. But I, I don't know. Like it, 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 I guess it happened exactly how we thought it would have happened. Like you said, so. Uh, I can't really like pick out very many, very, very many like things that, that went wrong or that, that I did that I liked or didn't like. I mean, I, I wrote in here that I love Stuart Armstrong. I don't know why I wrote that. Um, but I will say something about that, but like, uh-huh. it just looked like we were kind of not quite tuned in enough. It looked like, um, a son causes a ton of problems. Uh, and I uh-huh. thought he was going to be the first score. I don't know. We, we had a couple of moments in there where we played the ball around kind of nicely. One touch stuff, kind of moved the ball a little quicker, but it was just, you know, we, we weren't switched on. We, 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 you take a, a second off and, and they go through us and, and that's it. And, uh, I don't know that, 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 that's basically, that's basically it. And I, I keep saying, I don't know. And I, there was a guy <laughs> who wrote an iTunes review and he says, the show is good except for the host says, I don't know about every eight seconds. And now I, I can't, I can't, I'm thinking about it right now and I can't stop saying it, so.
1: You know what, it's really difficult. I, I, I think everyone like has traits and like words they say more than others. nothing I think it's just like impossible. And when, once you start thinking about it too much, it kind of like, you kind of, know, like dictates what you're going to say, like too much. So.
0: Just relax, it'll be yeah, fine. I think, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. one thing I did notice and, and you may have noticed it as well was it seemed like a lot more players were coming over to the fans after the Tottenham game. Um, obviously it wasn't a match that we thought we were going to get anything from. The, the performance wasn't great. The new guy, I have some screenshots of his face at several points during the match with, mm-hmm. I, I think are hilarious. Um, <laughs> but the players came over. Um, was it more players than normal to come over and clap the fans or was uh, it, was it the same amount? Yeah. Or it's any or are, uh, are reading too much into that because we're on the internet and that's what we do. I guess maybe that's a, that's a
1: possibility, but I think, um, the starting lineup, uh, it, that was basically a squad full of players who have been, you know, Southampton, been at the club for a while and they have had connections with the fans. I think, you know, you look at some of those players in there, Stephen Davis is the captain, Yoshida obviously been at the club for four or five years now, Ward-Prowse likewise, Target. I think I think the reason so many players came over at the end of the game is that they, they can somewhat relate to the struggles that us as fans have been going through and um, I think they see it as a new start now and a, and a fresh slate. So I think... The fact they all came over and they applauded the fans who were were really good, actually, and in full voice the whole match and stayed until the end. So I think it was more of a thank you for sticking with us through this part of the season, the tough bit. And um, let's start again here and get back together and, you know, really push forward the team
0: going forwards. I mean, seeing that, I I kind of forget what it was like after the West Ham match when I was there. Um, I don't really honestly remember uh, between jet lag and the number of beers that Freddie <laughs> fed me beforehand it was difficult um, but I mean I we tend to see images of the players coming over but it's generally one or two but like as you as you mentioned the team that was selected everybody other than that Armstrong has been there for a, a long time you know uh, even mm-hmm. though McCarthy was injured for part of it and wasn't wasn't uh, you know playing a whole lot you look at those guys like Yoshida who's been there for forever Target came through the academy Ward Pross came through the academy Davis who's a club captain like those seem like guys who understand more so maybe than a new signing would. Kind of what the fans are feeling, I guess. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that this run they've been here for this. Yoshida came out and said, you know, they have to take some responsibility for for how it went under Hughes. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, that's a weird thing to say right now because you you got a new manager <laughs> yeah. and everything else. And, yeah, but they do. I mean, they they haven't been good enough um, on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would say that that man for man each of them can probably improve um, and, and have played better than they're playing right now. And I don't, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not a coach. I'm not there week in, week out. I don't understand or know kind of how it all it all works and, and what, what they were seeing in, in training and whatnot, but um, mm-hmm. things, things kind of have to get better. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess moving on to Saturday because I remember we were talking about this when we decided like I was I was kind of excited cuz episode 100 was against Cardiff like there's a real chance we could get something from the match it would be yeah. so good to talk about a win and then everything happened as it did and Cardiff looks like a horrible place to go play
1: um you know what it does yeah and the weather as well See. yeah
0: i mean i live in california it's winter time i'm wearing t-shirt and shorts like mm-hmm. i <laughs> I didn't put on a jacket this morning when we went out as a, as a family. Like, I just don't like, I, I wore sunscreen yeah. yesterday. Like, Absolutely. so when I turn on the TV and I see like what that's g what's what, what is, I don't even know what that looks like that much rain, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and it just looks, it looks nasty. It looks horrible. Um, I don't, I don't ever want to deal with that. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, more power to everybody who lives over where you guys live because that's just insane.
1: But yeah, um, I'm just glad I didn't go. Really, I would have got drenched. So
0: yeah, um, I don't know, and just I don't know. Cardiff just doesn't like their their jerseys are so ugly. Like this is like that's so superficial of me to say, but they're so <laughs> they're so boring and so ugly. Like I cannot stand them. And I and honestly, this is gonna be really bad. Is like like Neil Warnock has to be like the manager who's like whose football most resembles his looks, and that it's just awful like yeah it doesn't look like fun it doesn't look like anybody's enjoying it at least the players and and he just looks like he he looks i don't know he looks like a villain out of some out of some awful batman movie or something but like i don't know (laughs) like i i I should be nicer to people but i'm i'm over (laughs) at this point
1: yeah i totally get where you come from too far but you know what they're picking up results now and you can't really be too upset as a cardiff fan even if you are playing horrendous football so yeah, because
0: they I mean they were picked to go straight back down, right? Like and mm-hmm. they don't look mm-hmm. like they're going to. So doesn't it like it, no? So I, hey, like we, we have worked to do to catch them now because we're we're just floundering. Um yeah. but, but let's let's get to to Hassan first uh uh team selection. He changed we mentioned earlier, he changed the the three of the back four. Um obviously Bertrand's still out. It was mentioned that Ings is out and there hasn't been a lot of discussion about how long, but it seems like it's going to be Probably until January, yeah. potentially. I heard, yeah. but I also heard that he might be back this weekend. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. You look at that back four. Bednarek finally got a start, which I think a lot of mm-hmm. people have been been wanting him to do. He's still he's still getting starts for Poland in the international breaks, but that's really the only time. Uh, Rameau yeah. also comes back in, and so it's a it, it's a weird kind of kind of thing. But like when you saw that, I mean, I think I was encouraged just because we had somebody new, and there is some belief. And mm-hmm. my predicted eleven basically just read that Ralph Hasenhüttl's Red Army is going to win the Premier League because I one I had no idea who was going to be there and like two I was like I I feel I'm feeling optimistic for like you know once in, and I try to I force it sometimes but I was legitimately excited about about the new guy coming in and picking a team
1: yeah and um, you know what as a, like a a first team selection there's nothing like in there that you can complain about too much I guess you could argue like. I know charlie austin scored in the week but generally like p- people haven't been too happy with his performances so i think maybe seeing him start was surprising um but overall i think that team and playing a four-four-three or four-three-three. sorry um i think it, it it will work out i just think it's obviously going to take a lot of time to implement whatever um hassanutel's going to require from the team so um i guess as a start it was uh a poor one, but I guess there's plenty to build on from that performance, which is which is a positive.
0: I mean, one of the things that I noticed, I guess I'll just do this, is that yeah. the team looked to have a bit more energy. They were working to close uh, players down. They were playing with a bit more kind of intensity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality wasn't quite there, and there were some you know, because when you talk about pressing and all this stuff, like it doesn't just happen. There have to be cues and all this other stuff that you have to do, and It seemed like a couple of times we were just slightly too late to, 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 to their assignments and they were able to play their way through, um, which I think will just take time to kind of work out or it's just the players aren't good enough. And yeah, and I'm not sure. Yeah.
1: I think that will be, um, I think that's the deciding factor really. I mean, ultimately our center back partnerships cost us the better part of like 40 million and, um, only one of them is playing at the moment. And the one that did play made like a really costly error. So, um, I think the tactics are going to be interesting to see, and whether teams will be whether it will be an easy team to play against, or whether we're going to make it a nightmare for the teams. I guess that's what he ideally would want from these tactics. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to take a long time to implement, and hopefully, uh, the personnel that he he, play, he picks will will be the quicker ones to learn what what he wants. So
0: early on in the match, it started. It was pretty frantic or frenetic, I guess is the right the right word. And Uh, At one point target put a cross in to Austin and his touch just goes just wide. But like, if that goes in like the whole, uh, the, the away section would have, would have lost it, you know? And I think, I think it would have changed everything because everybody all of a sudden has a little bit more confidence. It took about 10 minutes or so for for Cardiff to kind of carve out a couple of chances. And we looked just disorganized. Like it was Mm -hmm. kind of a mess and we're diving into tackles and, and, and just kind of, I don't know. I don't know what the defensive assignments kind of were or where they went in those moments, but it was it was really, really evident that our that Valerie, as good as he was as a wing back, he couldn't he could he wasn't doing it in the back four uh mm-hmm. at all. And then he winds up getting subbed off because he's on a yellow and he's just getting torched down that side and Stevens <laughs> came in and did the really well. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that mm-hmm. our fullbacks their job was to really give a lot of width to the team and uh, given the, the the formation that we were playing and they they weren't able to kind of do that well enough, you know, and mm-hmm. and I, my hope is that maybe when Cedric and Bertrand are in there that they can do a little bit better. Um, Target's not blessed with with a ton of pace and there were a couple of times where he was late to a pressing assignment um, and then, you know, they're playing the ball through them and now Vestergaard has to come out and try to cover and he's not fast um, and we got mm-hmm. away with it enough times because Bednarak actually had a really, really good game, I thought. Um, yeah maybe that's just in comparison to Vestergaard and the other the other three but uh the other two but like the mm-hmm. I thought he played really really well and if anybody stays in the back four uh with 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 a fully fit back four it would be it would be him I think I think um people are starting mm-hmm. to write Bednarak or start starting to write Vestergaard off which I'm not sure yet I people I don't know I don't know I don't know where I stand on him yet I I tend to give people way mm-hmm. more time than than maybe they deserve yeah
1: I think the main thing is these these tactics that he's implementing They're Team tactics, not individuals. And I think if, as a team, you're not going to be pressing in the exactly exactly the same way as one another, it's, it's going to be ineffective. So the fact that Target, like you said, was late to assignments, the fact that he isn't closing down quick enough is allowing a gap to open up, which Cardiff will exploit. So I think unless you're getting the right personnel in these positions, um, the tactics are going to be very difficult to implement. So I think hopefully when Bertrand and Cedric do come back, they will they'll benefit the back four. I think they're both much naturally fitted to this formation. And I think perhaps vestigar deserves another chance, but then again you got two centre backs on the bench who are probably equally good on their day. So um yeah, I guess it's for Hassenhootel to to work out. But yeah, I think everyone deserves a fair chance to show their worth.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that it didn't sound like Hughes was doing a very good job or, or really t- spending very much time I don't say doing a very good job, but spending very much time working with the back four. And Ooh. And I think Hassan is going to make sh- like, I think the first thing you do, everybody says, you know, when you come into a team who's struggling is you sure up the back, like you make, you make mm-hmm. yourself, you make yourself hard to beat. And then you worry about winning games right yeah. now. We're too easy. There were too many chances, even though the the goal that that was scored came from a, a horrible error by Vestergaard who just doesn't, I mean, all you got to do is pass it back to your goalkeeper, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like the moment, the momentary lapse uh, uh, where you kind of just let up and say like, oh, I got it. And then you, you don't make a, you don't make a contact. You're not concentrating. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Like we can't afford that. No. But Cardiff has mm-hmm. so many chances to actually score before that, that I don't think we could be that upset necessarily. No, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I think
1: ultimately like defensive areas have played our season. They've probably played our last two seasons. I think if anything is a bit, been a bit contagious, I think you see, you know one defender make a mistake like who has this season, and obviously the press, the pressures on the player that's coming in because so you wanna be you wanna find you know a player who's not gonna make the same mistakes and um yeah, I guess old habits die hard, I think that's gonna be something that's gonna maybe plague the next couple of games. I think the tactics that have that we've employed the last couple of seasons are just gonna be completely like redundant, so um getting that out of people's systems is gonna be it's gonna be tough, but I think you just gotta persevere the tactics that are being employed now and um hopefully the results start changing as a result.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the things that I think we can be happy with is it definitely looked like there was some, like the, the tempo was, was higher um, from the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw that, I think, even though it was a mistake in the buildup to the goal, uh, we gave the ball away. Romayu flies into a tackle super late. And I think some people have been critical of that just because he was late. It was a late tackle. And I don't know if you stay on your feet. I don't know what the proper thing to do is there. I'm not going to pretend to know. But, like, you you, you look at, at, at guys who were... There was some desperation there to win the ball back. And whether it was because mm-hmm. they were afraid that the other team was going to score or that they knew their job was to get the ball back and break up play right away. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, essentially, we had it. It was enough. Vestergaard was there, the opportunity that was there to pass it back to McCarthy and have it cleared. And we reset and start over. You know, mm-hmm. Ramea is going to get booked, but we knew that already. Uh, and so it just... I mean, we were that close to kind of getting out of it, and, and and if we got by that, I don't think there was another real chance for, for Cardiff. I don't have anything in my notes anyway that, no. that that suggested they were going to do it. I mean, but the tempo was up, the effort was up. The, at the end of the day, it's it's the same kind of things that we've seen in in terms of just sloppy defending and individual errors that kind of undo us. And like you said, it's it's really just a re- how our season has gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think these errors um, is it's all like. Good and well-blaming players individually, but I think that doesn't help anyone. And, um, yeah, these these problems aren't just going to go away like without a lot of training. So, I guess, yeah, I guess everyone has their role in the team now and maybe they just didn't want to be the one who was responsible for mistakes. So, if they were told to close down and they weren't closing down, they would have to at least, you know, like at least try to close someone down, even if it was very late in that instance with Rame So, um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how quickly these players start picking up new things. I
0: mean, now, looking at the team now, at the result yesterday, that was one of those matches where we were all looking at it, even if, if Hughes was in charge of it, saying we probably we needed to mm. win it. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough now to to look at it and really feel positive, I guess. But do you feel positive, I guess, or do you still feel like there is a like there's something to build on. And for me, I think I know that that there, there seemed to be a little bit more spark maybe, but like for you, do do Mm -hmm. you feel like there, you know, we, we can look forward and be uh, somewhat positive or uh, do you think people are just turning on, on now just turning on anybody they can, you know, whether it's blame investor or whatever you think that is just how it's going to be.
1: Um, I think it's way too early to like be writing people off or like, you know, Hassan who's been there less than a week, he's lost his first game. Yes, but it was through a mistake just one individual mistake. And if that mistake doesn't happen, do you get a nil-nil draw? Then people start, people start then being confident because it's the first clean sheet we've had in a while. And, you know, things are obviously working on the training ground, even though it's been a short amount of time because we would have ultimately walked, walked away with a, with a point, which is quite difficult to get in Cardiff because they've won their last three home games. So I think people are, are going to be like, oh, we lost a game to a promoter team. Now we've now lost to all the promoter teams from, from last season. But I think the positives that you can take are, it was one individual error and ultimately the team put in a ton more effort in terms of, you know, the, uh, the tactics that were in impl- employed. And I think, I think going forward, there were enough signs for me to, um, to reassure me that we will start picking up results soon. Hopefully.
0: I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I do agree. I think that there, there's enough, there was enough in the performances and, in. There was enough in in the performances i think to uh, of the players and of the team to to say that there is something there they re- obviously realize that something is is not right and they need to work to improve it and I think the new guy just is going to inject be able to inject that life i don't i, I think that that Hughes did enough to keep us up last year, but it was it was pretty clear that there still really wasn't an identity um no. in, in terms of how he wanted to play. I think that was clear at the beginning of the season when he abandoned the you know the, the formation that he had practiced with for all those all those weeks leading up to the season uh you know after i guess half of a one half of football um mm-hmm. and i think the the that hassan hudel will, will, obviously has kind of how he wants to play he's not sure that the players we have uh can do it but he's he's going to give them every opportunity to come along and and get up to speed with it and so it'll be interesting to see if, if we can do that but um one thing that i that we just didn't do like you know we dominated possession away to cardiff you know we had something mm-hmm. like 63% possession um, yeah but only one attempt on target, and that's just simply not going to get it done when we are you know we we really need to test the keeper we didn't whether it's not making runs um and creating enough kind of opportunities there uh, i I don't know what it was, but to, to have that much possession and only have one attempt on target just isn't good enough
1: no, it's definitely not and um you know we ha- we did have chances in the game there are arguably two very good um penalty appeals, um but you take those away and we created nothing from open play. So I think that is the worry because clearly that's how Hassan who tools and have to play to pick up results. We're going to have to start testing goalkeepers, you know, firing shots. So yeah, I guess the training ground is going to be going to be an interesting place the next couple of weeks for the players. And um, like he said, if you, if you're not going to be those players who are going to get results, then, you know, January is going to be an interesting time for you. So
0: yeah, it'll be, I know know he was a forward um, in his time as a player. And mm-hmm. he mentioned in his post match, uh, you know that there weren't enough runs, there weren't enough runs to kind of create space and 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 force them or or basically get, force the opposition into making a play and potentially giving away uh something, whether they make a mistake and we could take advantage of it or whatever. Um, but there were kind of two penalty appeals I thought that that were maybe worth um pointing out. I think mm-hmm. Redmonds is probably more clear cut, I think um
1: yeah yeah I think um
0: it was obviously running outside
1: running out of the box and he and he does get his ankles clipped. and I know I think the referee was in a bad position to see it but it was almost a stonewall penalty and I think it was just unfortunate that on the day these decisions didn't go away because I think we probably maybe not deserve something out of it but I think that would have changed the game slightly and the mood
0: of the fans so I, I think if Redmond is running into the penalty area you know <laughs> even if he's right outside or just in but if he's moving towards goal I think it probably gets given yeah you know yeah. but it just it looked like moss was there to see it and everything else uh the Stuart armstrong one i can see it not being given even though i mm-hmm. wish as a fan that that would have been <laughs> obviously i wish it would have would have gone our way but if that's given yeah. against us i think i would be super upset and mm-hmm. i tweeted some angry things and then saw the replay and then tweeted like basically an apology <laughs> to whoever uh i i had sent it the first tweet in, in the first place but like at the end of the day you know we have to do better only one shot on target isn't good enough and. You know, maybe we don't deserve to, uh, to to come away with anything from that, but um, I think mm-hmm. the players will will be upset, and they'll they'll obviously have to work to do better.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I think this game is just uh, a benchmark for for uh, the manager. I think I think he'll now be able to be like, okay, I've seen 90 minutes of football now. I know where huge drastic improvements need to be. So that's what our training will be next week, building up into the Arsenal game. And if he doesn't see a difference from the players that he selects, in that game, I guess it will just be you know, trial and error until he does find an 11 that he's happy that are going to go out and do the things that he wants.
0: Well, like every movie that I've ever seen that has a new coach who knows a lot of stuff, who comes in, mm-hmm. he works mm-hmm. with absolute garbage, and eventually <laughs> they win, but they lose games in, in there. So like they lose yep, games yep. leading up to them actually being good. Um, mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks, all three of them. I, I've seen that. Good, I don't know if yep. you've ever watched those.
1: I have. Uh, they're
0: great movies. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a lot of my childhood. The The entire mm-hmm. reason I still own a hockey stick, which is not a, a great thing for me <laughs> to own. Um, yeah. Especially the little kid. I have a four-year-old kid next door who just like shows up on my door and he's like, do you want to play hockey? And I'm like, you don't even know what you just said to me. Like, yes, Careful. yes, I do. And I'm going to check you and your dad's going to fight me and he's going to win because he's six, four, um, but good times. But that, I mean, any of those, any, any, any classic kind of sure, Disney movie or whatever, that's all how it works. And granted, this is real mm-hmm. life, but, but hopefully you know, this this has some sort of a, a fairy tale type ending. Um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to wait till next year when we come back up from the championship. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, no, I don't even contemplate that yet.
0: No, no, I don't I don't I don't really <laughs> want to because it's just no. gonna make me sad. I think that's that's good. I mean, we're in nineteenth place. It's not great. We have now, I think, lost to all three promoted teams, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep. Uh mm-hmm. overall we're like I think it's four wins in forty one league games now and that is just a mess but it's it, crazy it can yeah. kind of only get better you know mm-hmm. um yeah, i think um you know just the
1: fact that we've had one league win this season and the fact that we have only had like one home win this calendar year is is baffling
0: yeah yeah and to make matters worse liverpool finished week at the top of the table which is just Great. a disaster Great. Like, I know people don't like, uh, sometimes they, they don't want to see Pep Guardiola do all that well, or maybe Man City because of the, where the money comes from. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll be honest. Like you look at the teams at the top of the table, they play nice football. I like watching them just as a neutral. Um, but I somehow wish they could all finish sixth, you know, (laughs) and be forced to play (laughs) on Thursday nights. But anyway, Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, um, all right. So we have kind of a lot of questions. I don't know if a lot of questions we have, we have some questions. Um, mm-hmm. From from people, and so we'll we'll kind of go through these. Um, we'll get this one out of the way from Saint Foo Fighter uh, on Twitter, mm-hmm. who says, "Do you think the Saints will win the Super Bowl?" He's, he's a New Orleans Saints fan. They played the <laughs> team that I like, uh, which is the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Buccaneers, on Sunday, and the Bucks were up, and then the Bucks blew it, which is totally normal. Oh. <laughs> um, but to him, I don't know if you watch American football or not. Do you?
1: I do actually. Yeah, I actually, I'm quite a big fan. What uh, who
0: who what team do you do you like?
1: Uh follow the Ravens. Okay. All right. So um, I actually just watched uh, the game this evening and they lost in overtime to the Chiefs. So that was harsh. But they're a good team this year. This year so
0: They are. They are. Um, I have some, some Ravens on my fantasy team who mm-hmm. I brought in this week because I have guys injured, made all kinds of changes, yep. and then realized afterwards that because of where I am in the league, I'm off this week because the playoffs have started and I didn't qualify. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, so I, cool I made like four or five it. moves for just no reason. And my buddy texts me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Man. I got to prep for next week for the consolation yeah. bracket. Um, yeah. Well, I, that's okay. I mean, the Bucs are, are, are pretty bad. <laughs> Personally, I think the, the Saints do have a chance to, to win the Super Bowl. They, Drew Brees is always dangerous. Anybody coming down to, to New Orleans to have to play them is, is difficult. Um, obviously, this is not the sport of the show. But uh, just very quickly, do you think the the Saints could do it this year?
1: Um, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of them play this season. I know they have Drew Brees and he's an unbelievable quarterback. And I don't know what their record is uh, this season, but yeah, I, I imagine I they they're only in the playoffs twice. Oh, they only lost twice. Oh, well, in which case, then they should go pretty deep into the playoffs. If not, yeah, so a good shot to
0: the Super Bowl for sure. And I think they beat the Rams. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. It, it was. Uh, yeah, they did. And it was nuts. Um, yeah. My in-laws are much bigger American football fans than me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've said it before, but my mom bought me a, a Bucks jersey that has Williams on it, which is my wife's right. last name. And I was like, you realize I can never, <laughs> ever wear this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. the In That Number podcast, which is another Southampton podcast, they're at number podcast on Twitter. Uh, they said, match congratulations. I appreciate everything that you've written there. Um, it says one question, how do you stay so positive despite all kind of the desperate performances? And that can, that that goes to you too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in, for me doing this, it's like, I'm a pretty negative person. I think I've said it on the show before. Like I tend to just, just be kind of pessimistic and I have, really tried over the past probably four or five years to just not be that guy anymore. Like to, to, just really work at, at being positive. And so a lot of times, like what you hear on the show is me forcing myself to be positive ish, you know? And, and yeah. I try really hard just to not tweet things that are, that are awful, even though like my, like if if I had a Twitter account that was really just all of my, like my first thoughts on things, like it, mm-hmm. I would probably one get banned or two, like have people lining up at my door to, to punch me in the face, but I've just yeah. really made an effort to not do that. And I don't know, like, like as somebody who's over there and who sees the team in person and you know, mm-hmm. I've said it like me getting up at 7am or getting up at 4am to watch. That's one thing you getting up at 4am and then having to drive, you know, to Cardiff or take a train to, to wherever yeah. like yeah. that, that's different. And so like for you, like, how do you deal with the kind of being negative around the team or the positivity or negativity around the team, depending on, on how you feel.
1: I guess when you go to games and you end up losing them, it's like, it's very difficult to like not be overwhelmed with like, you know, like, uh, with disappointing thoughts. But, um, I guess like recently, I think because of the way this season and last season have gone, I think I've started to look at it like slightly differently. I'm like trying not to be disappointed because ultimately, like people support their team because, you know, one, they have, a passion for football, and two, they they have an allegiance to this team. And um, regardless of the results, you know, at the end of the day, you're 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 following this team because you're, you support them, and you, have, you know, you love them. So, um, you know, they're always going to be There's always going to be like a, a match next week, regardless of the results. And I think that's what I like comfort myself with, knowing that they you know, we'll have another chance to redeem ourselves next week, or you know, we'll pull this around eventually. So I think keeping that like positivity positivity. Like in general, and just being like, oh, you know what, we lost today, but you know we've got a game next week, which is winnable, so we're gonna, you know, just like let's go win that one instead.
0: Yeah, I, I guess like the manager said, like you either win or you learn, and that is as cliche as it is. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like if you can take mm-hmm. something from it and and just realize that we're actually gonna work and build on it for next next week, and I can convince myself that the team's gonna do that, I, I think I can be positive about that.
1: Exactly, and and you're always gonna end up watching the game, and you know. You don't want to be that person who's, who's negative and then when you do win a game, you can't appreciate it properly. So, so yeah, I think just keeping a positive outlook on, on the future and you know, especially now we've got a new manager who's got every reason to be optimistic going forward.
0: And, and I will say, I wonder if in 20 years, if, I've, if I'm doing this then, if I'll feel the same way. Or if at that point, like I will just have been beaten down so much that I've <laughs> I, I will just either accept just the like negativity a, or or that yeah. I'll just I'll do something else. I don't know. Um
1: just like a shadow of your former self.
0: <laughs> yeah. I but I mean, I have I'll be honest, I have so much fun doing this show. Like I mm-hmm. I get really, really excited about about talking to people like you, to to talk to to Jamie and to all of the other guests that I've had on the show. Like I will like I'll change my my night before if I know I have to wake up at 5 a.m. or be on the on recording at 5 a.m. Like that that means I make some sacrifice the night before, you know I have one mm-hmm. less beer or or I don't go out or we come home early or whatever it is. Like I do that yeah. because this like this exchange that we're having here is like really what is exciting about it. And so sometimes I think that for me takes even if the games are bad, like I'm still having an interaction with you. Like you've shared some fantastic news with me today about your new job and all that stuff and like that that's exciting to me because I think even though we've only kind of talked a couple of times like there's some sort of connection there through the team and and us both mm-hmm. running pages and doing that kind of stuff if that makes sense
1: yeah for sure yeah that's no, I think that's the best thing to come out of like the community aside from like going to games and things like having these podcasts to listen to having people interact with your page I think that's like it just adds like a whole extra dynamic to supporting a club, which is, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the total saints podcast. So Ben Sandfield, who's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at total saints pod, who is another podcast that, that people should uh, at least give a chance to listen to if they're not already doing it. says, what's yeah, been the best sure. thing you've learned about saints during those 100 episodes? Uh, and what's been the worst? <laughs> Interesting question. And I've, I've looked at this question and just gone like, can I just not answer it? Cause I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure how to how to how to how to word it properly but like mm-hmm. I started this in January of 2017 so it will be 2 years and just you know a, a couple of of weeks here yeah. and it was Claude Puel's season we were not really playing very attractive football we were kind of hanging around not really in a relegation battle people were saying we were going in a relegation battle because all of the teams at the bottom half outside the top 6 were were kind of clumped together mm-hmm. but I mean that initial run to the EFL Cup final um I I took a sick day when we were playing Liverpool the second leg um yeah. I scheduled doctor's appointments on those days so I could come home early like I I was so invested in it but really throughout all of that I think the thing that I've learned the most is that the fans are for the most part really really nice willing to help really respectful really encouraging and you know, like you and, and, and some of the other people I've talked to, like everybody's super encouraging. And so the, the people of Southampton, I think I really, really like for the most part. And the club has been great, but really, I think it's, it's that the people that make the the fan base that, that really make the club, I think what it is. And for me, that's the best part. Um, the worst mm-hmm. part is I thought I really liked the, the transfer policy at, at, at times where I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I I'm okay with people coming in and being like, uh, not a stepping stone but coming in and proving themselves and then going somewhere else for big money um right. I thought I really enjoyed that because I got to see these players maybe before everybody else did and you know I could look at them and like maybe say like oh like I I remember when he came in and and he improved in this way and whatever mm-hmm. and now I'm like damn it like <laughs> why do all these players have to leave <laughs> yeah so
1: something you have to get used to as a Southampton player that's for sure
0: yeah, yeah. So I, I think. I mean, I don't really want to say there's, a, there's a worse thing, but if there was that, it was just the, it's the double edged sword of, of being that a club at the, uh at that, this, this level, I guess, and having that transfer policy, I think, um, is what annoys me sometimes. But really, like, I, I realize that if some of these players didn't come in and didn't leave, then I wouldn't get to see the next batch. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But what about you? I mean, I mean, you've been watching the club for a, a hell of a lot longer than me. Um, <laughs> Too long. <laughs> I mean, anything that you've learned kind of either good or bad about it in that time?
1: Uh am trying to think of like some good examples. I guess the best thing about life supporting Southampton is like the people I've met through, similar to you, people that I've gone to games with and um, met that way, and I have like friends now that I can hang out with outside of football, and um, that's all through going to games and stuff like that. So, yeah, that is that is awesome. Um, in terms of bad things, am um, I don't know really? Um, yeah, you're right about the... The players leaving, I think that's something that's plagued the club, the club like last twenty years. Um, it has set us back, but I guess that's more of a, a club matter than something that affects you directly as like, being a fan. But um, yeah, I, can't, I don't have anything really negative to say, to be honest, <laughs> other than the football that we're currently seeing. So
0: yeah, I, I, I agree. So we'll leave that one there. Um, there are a couple of questions that kind of focus on on the team. Um, Shah, who's at Saint Shah, one says, "Congratulations on hundred shows." Thank you. Uh, I know he's listened to a ton of them and it makes me feel good because he always comments and writes me stuff. Um, but he says, any thoughts on who will be dropped, sold, loaned in January or uh, potentially anybody that will come back from loan? And this is kind of speculation, but from the from the talk that, that was out there by the manager, it seems like he thinks the squad is too big. People are going mm-hmm. to have to go before anybody is, is brought in. And the problem may be is wh- how much money can we get for people when people are either playing really poorly or not playing at all, you know? Right. But, I mean, if you had to just kind of think of some players in the in the squad that maybe don't fit the style that maybe would go away in in January, who kind of comes to the, to your mind?
1: I guess there are a couple of obvious candidates uh, who will probably be leaving. I can imagine four forster will be gone, probably the first one to go. Um, on top of that, perhaps Shane Long. I think all these players who are fringe or on, on the edge of not getting into the match-based squads, I think you've got, almost got to look at you know auctions for them. So I think those two. Um struggling, maybe Stephen Davis, although he's starting to perhaps like play a more prominent role in terms of getting onto the into the squad. So I guess those three are the, the ones that people will look at um to to be old or loans. But um I guess you could name a lot more players, but I just depends how the reflex the manager will be, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's difficult to kind of predict I think but you would assume that, that a guy like Davis, I know Rangers want him or at least that's what's been reported. So it, it seems like that might be a likely move, uh, especially if he can go there and maybe contribute to them kind of just, you know, I think they're challenging for the title at this point. Uh, I could be wrong. My knowledge mm-hmm. of Scottish football is not, uh, all that deep. Um, usually <laughs> it just relies on Barry Glendenny making some sort of joke, uh, on football weekly and that's it. Um, I think it'll be interesting, though, to see some of the options we have up top if Shane Long stays. He seems like he fits the system. I think a lot of fans would say he's probably Mm -hmm. just not quite cut out to be a Premier League striker anymore. It doesn't seem like Charlie Austin fits the system, but he can score goals. Uh, He proved that midweek. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's going to depend on which one of those two is going to either get with the system uh, and one needs to improve and one needs to improve fitness and, and kind of show that he's willing to put forth that commitment. Cause sometimes it just hasn't happened. It doesn't, doesn't well, it doesn't look like it's happened and that's maybe harsh on him. And also um, his wife and him are really bad at Twitter and they should stop. Um, but they really should stop. Yeah. They just, they just anger people um, mm-hmm. a lot. You shouldn't call <laughs> people who pay money to go watch you bell ends and, and like think you're going to do it. It's just not smart. Um, no, I know. It's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But but yeah, uh, I think I think it, it, it's tough. Like you said, Forster could potentially go. I, I want to say we have one too many center backs, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think we're getting rid of Vestergaard. I don't see him going anywhere. And the other guys, yeah. we don't have a right back. We kind of need one. So you are hesitant to get rid of either Bednarak or or Yoshida or Stevens because they can all play that position. So I I have no yeah. idea there.
1: And I guess then on the flip side, you've got players that could potentially be recalled from loans as well. People like Buffal or, um, you know, you've got some players in the championship like Reed who apparently playing really well this season. So, yeah, I guess it it will be January's going to be super interesting, I think.
0: And I think that if the players that we have in the squad now can't get it done, I think you will see a push to get some of those guys that are on loan back to kind of give them mm-hmm. a shot, you know. And I think the club will be mm-hmm. likely to do that as well because they will they would rather bring those guys in than shell out money because in January things are expensive. Um, and unless it seems like, unless we want to sell someone and then prices are down. So, uh, I don't understand how that works, but it seems like anytime I buy something, the price goes down immediately after. <laughs> so, yeah. JW underscore SFC says, do you believe that Hassan hoodle can turn the season around and keep us up? Does he even have enough uh, to work with? And will he be backed in the January window to buy a CB and a number 10? Um, I don't think he's buying anybody until somebody is sold. I think that's that's been made clear. I think he feels the same, and we we talked about that. But do I mean, do you think? I think he can, he's going to keep us up. I I have that. Maybe it's just optimism, you know, because I'm trying not to be the negative person. But like, do you do you think that he has enough to to keep us up?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think he's said enough and um, done enough in his previous job to to suggest that he will. Um, I think it will it will be close because I think it's going to be very competitive at the bottom of the season. But I'm hoping that he will make our you know, turn around our home form, and hopefully our fans will get on board and just create a, a good atmosphere at the which will obviously help get results. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about relegation right now. I think we've got plenty of time to turn it around.
0: Kurt Zotel, I think, Kurt Zotel, He's at Kurt mm-hmm. Zotel on Twitter. He says, "Yep, what do you think our back line would look like with everyone is healthy? So, like first choice back line, I guess include the goalkeeper in that as well."
1: Personally, I'll go with... Uh, you know what? I would, I would almost be half-tempted to give Angus Gunn a shot and goal. I know McCarthy never hasn't really ever made a mistake for us, but I think maybe just introducing a bit of competition in that position would be great. Um, and Angus Gunn's shown enough in the uh, League Cup games that he's a case for replacement to McCarthy. Um, and then the wing-backs, I think Bertrand, Cedric, I don't see too many problems with either of those two. Um, I think they'll fit the system better than Valerie and Target will. Um and then the centre backs I guess are uh, the the danger partnership. Um I'll probably go with Rednarekov, the performance against Cardiff, and I'll probably go with Steven. I think he's a pretty consistent centre back and he's one of the two centre backs that hasn't actually made a you know, horrendous mistake of late. So I think he has probably earned a starting spot, if if anything. How about you?
0: What do you think? I, I think I agree with you. I think I've, I've had conversations with people, a lot of private messages and things like that. People wanting to see gun. And I, I don't really understand it, I guess. But I think when you see goals go in over and over and over, eventually it just kind of falls to the goalkeeper to say like, well, we got to change him. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, you put a striker through one-on-one with a goalkeeper. You most, I would back the the striker. It doesn't really, I'm, it doesn't really matter what, who the striker is. You're going to say that that ball is going in the net You generally, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yesterday, that that's what I'm thinking of. But uh, my mm-hmm. only thing with with Bednarak and and Stevens is that goes back to, now we're back to a partnership that we had last year where we didn't think they were strong enough in the air. You know, we didn't think that we, we wanted a big physical mm-hmm. center back. We got a big physical center back. He makes a clumsy move and then gets thrown off the ball, which I didn't understand. Like, just foul him. Bring him down. Take a red card. And like, mm-hmm. let's let's move on. Uh uh-huh. maybe not. Maybe that's uh-huh. bad bad management. But um <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I, I think based on, on kind of recent performances and everything, I was like that kind of has to be it. Um and uh-huh. and maybe maybe we just didn't buy properly when we went out and got Hoot and Investigard. Maybe that wasn't kind of what we needed. There's one from Instagram, from Azalea uh mice. I don't understand. I don't know. M-A-I-S-A-R-A-H. Thank you so much for sending that in. Um but Will we be able to finish in the top ten? I don't. I don't think so. I think we're looking at at, at somewhere fourteenth, maybe fifteenth, sixteenth, like somewhere in there. We'll we'll just have to be happy with that for the season. What about what do you think we're getting in the top ten?
1: Not at all. No, I think the top ten is pretty much set as it is now. I don't think it will change too much. I think there's like almost too many leagues going on within the Premier League at the moment. I think the top ten and there's like a, a bottom seven, which are all clubs who are going to be in the mix uh, in the relegation battle. So I think I think realistically the highest we can wish to finish will be like 14th, 13th. I think, I think that would be achievable, but I think personally we'll finish around 16th, 15th and hopefully just, uh, avoid a stressful end of the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have some other questions, um, uh, but you know, I think we're, I think we're probably about out of time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah, the, cool. I mean, basically we need to start picking up, um, points as fast as we can so chris huskins thank you for sending in the question um jarko i don't under i don't know i this is this is the bad part with stuff is i don't understand even what that character (laughs) is um yeah i don't know if you're if you're looking at it or not and then uh, i I don't i mean what language is that
1: i have no idea
0: (laughs) will we win the next two games I i don't think we'll win against arsenal i think we have the potential to win against Huddersfield. That's where I'll go with that. Um, mm-hmm. And then Rob Maddox, five years—that's a long time. But hopefully, I see us, you know, under under Hasan Hoodle by the end of by the time he leaves us. Um, I think we'll be we'll be much improved over where we're at. I think we'll have maybe an identity uh, there for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be up to the club then at that point to either get him to stick around again or find a manager that can come in or a head coach that can come in and continue with that progression instead of, uh, you know, the drastic change in mentality when we went from Koeman to, uh, to, to Puel. I think we need more like the Pochettino to Koeman where there is a change in tactics and things like that, but the intensity is still there versus the, the, the Koeman to Puel transfer that kind of, I think just took the intensity of it off, off of the club. And I think that was, uh, the, one of the big mistakes.
1: Yeah. I think, um, the club at this point has to learn from its mistakes and, um, Looking back, I think letting Ronald Koeman leave without providing him the contract or his, what he what he requires uh, was a was a huge mistake. And since then, really we've lost our identity, lost everything that was going in a positive direction at that point. So, I think if if um, Hassan Huttul does lead us to success, does uh, you know re- regain that kind of status in the Premier League that we had four or five years ago, then we've got to do everything in our power as a club to to keep him in that position, even if he say might be tempted to leave, I think we just got to offer him whatever, whatever he wants really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, do you have, do you have anything else you want to, you want to throw in before we, before we wrap this up?
1: Not sure I do, to be honest. I mean, I guess I just going to say congratulations to, to you and keeping the podcast going for almost two years now. I think it's a hell of an achievement, especially to work as hard as you do every week on it. I think it's, it's awesome. And I think it's only going to, get better like the the further it goes on so
0: yeah I I hope so (laughs) um and I'll be honest at some weeks like you know doing the outline and stuff like there have been times I think just really early this season like there's always the the new season kind of buzz you know and then kind of as results started to just not be there it was like well I was getting outlines to people like on Friday night and it's like ah that's too late you know I need to get it there earlier um Mm -hmm. but for the most part like every week like I will, I will tomorrow night, I will work on this. Uh, I will put it out so that it's out Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. Tuesday. I kind of relax a little bit Wednesday. I, I, I check in with the guests to make sure that they're, they're coming on still. And then kind of as Thursday, Friday comes, I'm really like ramping up to, and I'm getting excited for it and getting prepared for it. And it's kind of all, it it kind of takes over a lot of what I think about. And it's, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, according to my wife, I'm doing okay in terms of like not letting it consume everything. Uh, I I'm working hard on that. I've turned off notifications on social media and stuff like that. So I, mm-hmm. I have to make time to go check those things. So I'm not just staring at it all the time or my phone's not buzzing all the time, but like, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride and I don't plan on stopping and mm-hmm. hopefully the, uh, the extra stuff that people can get if they join Patreon is, is worth it to them. And hopefully that goes well and, and we'll see if that grows. And if it does, then we'll, we'll just keep it going. But I mean, congratulations to you as well. I mean, that, that I'm still like, I, I, I really, it's just so cool, dude. Like that. I think that like things like that, like sometimes people like they're, they're doing this page and they don't want to do the page or they don't, you know, I'm sure there are times you didn't want to make an edit. You just wanted to go to sleep or whatever it was. Oh, but like so, yeah, yeah. The, the fact that now that has at least helped you get into the position that you're in now where you're going to be working for the club and, and doing something that you like uh, and enjoy doing, while also working for the club that you support and that you've supported for most of your life, like, that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's, it's surreal, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I guess it's, like, it's going to be interesting because, like, I guess I don't know what exactly they're looking for. Well, I don't know what kind of content they're going to look to change. So I don't know how much of, like, an impact I'm going to have on the content they put out, like, every week. But, I've, you know, I guess, I guess I'll soon find out and, um, yeah, hopefully leave my, leave my mark, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah, It'll yeah, um, be great yeah it's crazy crazy yeah well hopefully they will allow you to continue to come on this show every once in a while uh, that would be awesome oh, I'm,
1: I'm sure it won't be a problem i won't give away any of their uh secrets or tactics or whatever
0: <laughs> no no um but but do make sure you tell the twitter guy thank you um <laughs> from me <laughs> yeah
1: no, i will i will have a word <laughs> all
0: right well uh matt we'll talk to you soon uh thanks again no problem And that does it for episode 100 of the southampton delivery podcast thank you so much for joining us i hope you've enjoyed it I'll be completely honest with you i am uh, i'm smiling right now i am i feel happy about uh, and satisfied about how far the show has come and uh, there are people that i owe a lot of thanks to starting with this week's guest matt bealing um, from the logo to the support to everything else Matt, thank you so much. Um, My wife and kids who have put up with me being absent uh, for something like five to 600 hours over the past two years while I was doing this show, whether it be writing the outline, writing the script, uh, getting links to social media accounts, editing, whatever it is. Uh, It's a lot of time that I have spent doing this. And this is my one kind of big hobby that I do. And um, it's been great, but a lot of thanks to them. Uh, as well. Um, Jamie Grant, who runs the Southampton Page, he's been a partner of the show for a long time and he gave me a lot of support before that. Uh, So Jamie, thank you very much. I could not have done this without you. And the list, if I were to do this, would take hours to read. So I'm just going to run through uh, some names of some people that stick out in my head when I think about uh, where the show is and, and who helped it get there. Uh, for the most part so just to run through some of them jamie grant matt bealing like i said thank you very much freddie from the ugly inside luke osman from reed southampton aiden small from fresh saints jake hughes from saint mary's musings along with alan gunn Stephen brant thank you so much connor dunford lucy heinett chris hughes formerly at saints marching now moved on to bigger better things Uh, christian candler thank you very much Dan, fake taxi meme, Summers. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Harry Holder, Alf Montague. I finally said your name right. Lawrence Seagreave, Rob, George, Blake, Stewart, and everyone else in the GC. Even Matteo Guinduzi, who does not respond to our messages even when we at him. Chris Huskins, Richard Brereton, Dan Hargraves, Steve, and Dan Jarvis. Uh, Dave Lee, thank you for everything. Jim Salverson, Aunt McGinley the entire crew up On the Left Side, Chris Ran, Andrew Walker, Robbie of Saints in France, I appreciate it, Ben Stanfield of the Total Saints podcast, John Bailey of the Saints FC podcast, Neil Cressman, formerly of Six O 0 Saints, um, all the guys at the In That Number podcast, Michael Kern, Tom Deacon, uh, Greg Baker, Lee Callender, everyone at the Southampton Women's Football Club, Cameron Olavi, Arsblog, uh and james thank you so much for for all of your guidance uh, to this point uh chris lash at right bank warsaw tactics fc chris ran i think i already said your name but you're on here twice if that's the case um alfie finch i met you in a bar one time and we had a wonderful morning uh, that's an awkward sentence i'll just leave it there hassan Tariq, ben stroud uh, the London is blue podcast premier league in usa mike russell ray ortega uh, producer ben now at money knees media thank you for your book and your podcast um max Rushton for responding to my tweet that one time when i said please stop giving shout outs to mandingo when you were doing the stat attack podcast it literally made my week um chris mackey uh the people at nbc fan zone who let me come on tv and talk about saints um thank you uh the internet for being great and terrible at the same time And uh, Matt Diavella for encouraging me to stop with the things that I don't enjoy, that don't bring me joy, and to do more of the things that I do enjoy like this. So uh, to everybody who's made this show possible, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to have done this. um, And I'm looking forward to the next 100. I don't plan on going anywhere. Hopefully the show gets better. Hopefully you still enjoy it. And just to get some of the other stuff out of the way, the music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games The end of show credits That you're listening to right now Is Aim is True by Pottyton Bear um, The logo like I said Is done by Matt Beeling Of the We Are Southampton page And if you'd like to follow along On Twitter or Instagram We're at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y We're also at Facebook At facebook.com Forward slash SFC Delivery There is no underscore In the Facebook address. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, it's Southampton Delivery at gmail.com. And remember, we are now on Patreon at patreon.com slash SFC And uh, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash S-F-C-D-E-L-L-I-V-E-R-Y. Uh, but most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for all of the support. And I'm sure I missed a ton of people uh, in that long list of thank yous. But uh, I, whoever you are, however you may be listening, I appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. And until then, remember that together, we march on.